When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of When in Romance is brought to you by the Read Harder Journal from Book Riot. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read, and is a great gift for readers this holiday season. Evenly interspersed among the entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder Initiative which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up Passover books, try out new genres, and choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books. Get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant. Find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press, and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill that challenge. Get one for yourself or for all of the readers in your life, or even just one of them, at bookriot.com slash journal. That's bookriot.com slash journal, or click the link in the show notes. Hello, and welcome back to When in Romance. Our favorite place to talk about romance, and I'll tell you, today it's going to be a lot of romance. Oh man, it really is. (laughs) It really is. Today is November 26th. We're recording on a Tuesday, 2019, and this is episode 48. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. We're We're almost to 50. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And happy early Thanksgiving to you, Jess, and happy late Thanksgiving to everyone else. Yes, happy. Because that's, yeah, that's why we're recording early, is that our normal recording day would be Thanksgiving. And, you know, we figured at least one of us might have something else to do that day. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. It would have been a nice excuse, but that's another story. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for next year, <laughs> now that I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, we also... We were very excited to get on the uh, recording for today because we have – this is part two of our recommendations episode. Part two. And Jess said beforehand, she's like, well, do we have any non-recommendation stuff to do? And I said, I don't think we have time. I think this is a wall-to-wall recommendations episode. This is going to be almost wall-to-wall. We have two extra things we have to drop in. But – That's true. Basically wall-to-wall. <laughs> yeah. It's very real. What do you want to do? Do you want to do an ad spot before we jump in or do you want to do one before doing an ad? Let's let's do one now and then we can split up our uh, several questions with the second one. Perfect. Go for it. All right. Thank you to Book Riot for sponsoring this episode and TBR. TBR is Book Riot's new subscription service offering tailored book recommendations, get it, T-B-R, for readers of all stripes. Been dreaming of a stitch fix for books? Now it's here. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for, and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. 
TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. Sign up only takes a few minutes. Answer a couple questions about what you like to read and what you're looking for. Link up to your Goodreads profile if you have one, which is really helpful. And you're done. TBR subscribers are matched to bibliologists based on their requests. Love thrillers and want to read more romance? Looking for poetry by writers of color and maybe also some space opera? We've got someone who knows just what to choose for you. Each TBR delivery contains three titles in the recommendations only level or three new hardcovers, and you'll receive a new shipment every three months. Give your bibliologist feedback, update your requests to stay in line with your reading goals and expanding horizons, and basically have your own personal book concierge. Recommendations only is $15 a quarter or $49 a year, and hardcovers are $75 a quarter plus $4.79 shipping. Annual subscribers receive free shipping. So there you go. That's a good good way to get around that. Recommendations only is available worldwide, but hardcovers are available in the U.S. Uh, so once again, visit mytbr.co to sign up, check it out, see what the bibliologists have been up to, and get some nice tailored book recommendations all for yourself. 12 months of the year, as opposed to just once a year, like we are doing right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, my in case the one romance recommendations show once a year is not enough for you, my TBR is a perfect, perfect substitute. It really is. Oh, but for those of you who do not have my TBR or who are are just looking for for books for others, we we were very very excited by all of the enthusiastic requests that we got. And I will say, I was saying to Jess before we started, I think because we did get so many requests, uh, we ended up I think with about fifteen, which is uh, I think. Based on what I heard, a, a higher than some times happens on some shows, uh, <laughs> which and higher than I think we were maybe expecting, which means there are certain places where, full disclosure, some of I think we I think we're going to get all the details right of all of our different books. But if we don't, or if I don't, I will say <laughs> Jess is great at things, so she probably will be fine. If I don't, I apologize in advance. Um, but I I think. Uh, I think we're going to be good. I feel like this is going to be a good show. We're going to get some good authors and titles out there. We're going to see how this goes. I'm I'm feeling ready. You feeling ready, Jess? I think I'm feeling ready. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Okay. So our first request for this show, um, and if you missed the last one, go back and, and check that one out too, because we that one was a lot of fun. Yeah. As will this one be. The first uh, request we got from this one was an email we got from either Tara or Tara. I apologize, Tara. I should have. Check to see how you pronounce your name. And her all-time favorite book series is The Earth's Children by Jean Owl. It's A-U-E-L. Another name that I don't know how to pronounce. Batten a thousand already. Five minutes into the <laughs> podcast. Tara <laughs> uh, mentioned that she loved the setting about 30,000 years ago. The atmosphere of the book, woolly mammoths, saber-toothed tigers, and, quote, the main hunk John Delar, the amazing strong heroine, Ayla, and just about everything about the series. Uh, Tara was wondering if um, there are any other books that are just as captivating that we know about. Jess, what do you got? Well, I the first thing that came to mind with this was actually a series that is not technically romance, although it does have strong romantic elements, um, which 
confession I read in like high school and early college. And I, I think the first, the main reason I thought about it first was because I was reading these while my friend was reading the Earth's Children, um, which she tried to get me to read and I just never did. Sorry, B. Um, and the, it's a series that at that time would have been considered a uh, women's fantasy um, by Jennifer Roberson called um, The Novels of I know, right? I read a lot of that women's fantasy back in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they were the novels of Tiger and Dell. The first book is uh, Sword Dancer. And uh, they're about a a pair of people who have to get along. And they're both also very good at uh, violence, Um, but not in a bad way. You know, they're, you know, sure. um, people who take money to do things that need people who carry swords. Um, But I was thinking about like the captivative world building, exotic creatures and all that kind of thing. Um, I will say that since these books were written around the same time, a little later than the earth's children, I don't know how they stand up now. Um, Although I think I actually still have the first book. So I am, I'm going to check that out soon. Um, but um it, similarly also to the earth's children um there was a kind of wrap up book written about a decade later which i guess is also why i thought about it cuz i remember when that happened um but the tiger, tiger and dell are both have just like amazing chemistry they're both amazing people in their own right and they're in this world that's just like fascinating as far as the way that the magic works and the society is and all of that stuff so um if you haven't read those books then i would definitely recommend them as a fantasy alternative to a prehistoric series awesome i also do not read a lot of prehistoric I was going to say romance, but the truth is I don't read a lot of prehistoric books in general. Um, <laughs> although I did read a guide to dinosaurs recently, but it was nonfiction. So probably mm-hmm. not what you're looking for. Uh, it was just because I felt like I should know more about dinosaurs. Um, what I would recommend, though, is kind of similar in the same vein to what Jess did, which is more along the same themes uh, in terms of really strong, fantastic world building. And this is a series that many, many people have been really excited about, um, regardless if, for me, I'm not like a sci-fi fantasy person. Um, but this series still is one that, uh, really, I really connected with. And that is the Psy Changeling series by Nalini Singh. If you have not read it, um, Mm -hmm. it is also a really great, just kind of different sort of world series. And that's, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a futuristic, world. So again, I understand it's not prehistoric, but you know, stick with me, give it a try. Um, <laughs> and the Psy are these uh, kind of emotionless, intensely logical, um, to a fault, frankly, uh, just entirely focused on their mental energy people. And there is one of them, Sasha, who is starting to actually realize that she has some feelings. Uh, at the same time, her company is um, realizing that – or is, is working with the changelings, um, and specifically Lucas uh, is one of the changelings that they are working with yeah, on some kind of a business deal. It's probably important what it is, but I don't remember exactly. Um, and 
he is kind of sensing that they may have some kind of connection. And um, so kind of her battle to sort of figure out what to do with these emotions that are developing. And there's also some very, there's some really troubling crime going on against the changeling community. So there's just Nalini Singh's ability to create this world and the, the way that people, even who are not SSF or sorry, SFF readers just get completely enthralled with this world is I think just a, an indication of how what the broad appeal is of the Psy Changeling series. So the first book in that series is Slave to Sensation. There's actually a, a trilogy that has come a little bit more recently. If you are interested in just starting with because the slave or the full series has got to be like 12 or 15 books long. <laughs> I have not read the more recent series. And so now I'm trying to remember <laughs> what the like, uh, Allegiance of Honor or Silver Silence. One of those is the, um, I'll, I'll link to whatever the, the more recent kind of like trilogy, uh, be, you know, beginning of that is. Um, but either way, I would check those out. I think it might be a good fit as well. Yeah, I, I can't help with the new trilogy because I, I can see both covers and I don't remember which one came out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will find <laughs> it and I will link to it in case you are, you know, interested in just jumping right ahead. But, um, like I said, I, people really love the whole thing. So I would say start with Slave to Sensation, but you know. You do you. <laughs> All right, Jess, you want to take our second one on? All right. So this one is from an email that we got from, I'm going to say Megan. Um, and Megan is looking for a recommendation for her mom. She loves romance novels, but not the kind that Megan reads, which kind of makes it hard for her, hard to find one for her. She reads a ton of Regency romances, and Megan also knows that she reads a lot of Nora Roberts. Unfortunately, she doesn't know other specific authors, but outside of romance, she likes historical fiction like Beatrice Williams and Cozy Mysteries by Joanna Fluke. Please help. So I don't know where you went with this one, Trisha. <laughs> I So I had a couple of, of thoughts on this, and I think, I can't remember if it was last episode. Sometime recently, I mentioned a book called The Firebird by Susanna Kersley, mm-hmm. which is about a Nicola Martyr uh, who has this ability that when she touches an object, she can sort of see the past of it. And mm-hmm. that book, it's almost two concurrent romance stories, one in the past, um, hundreds of years ago, that takes place in Scotland and Russia, and then one in the present where the the couple is kind of tracing that story. Mm-hmm. It's, it, Susanna Kersley is, I think, a romance writer generally. I don't know that I've read a book by her. And I have not read, I've only read a couple of books by her. So there may be books by her that don't technically fall in the romance spectrum. Everything that I have read by her, even if it's not marketed as romance, mm-hmm. could be considered romance. So she's not a she's not one of the historical romance authors that we talk about a lot, you know, um, including one that you're going to talk about, or like uh, Sarah McLean or um, <laughs> Alyssa Cole, or you know, some of the, the ones that we know well. But she's great. The other book that I would recommend that I'm thinking maybe Megan's mom has not necessarily read is The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics by Olivia Waite, which we did a whole part of an episode on, which is a really wonderful Regency romance. Um, I won't go into the details of it just because we're a little shorter on time in this episode and because you should feel free to look back at that episode from September. Um, <laughs> we talked a lot about it, but also because I think if her mom is anything like my mom, she wouldn't necessarily have had a lot of opportunity to pick up a 
romance between two women. Um, I think like for my mom, it just wouldn't necessarily have crossed her radar. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't, it's not because she wasn't open to it. it. She just wouldn't have come across it. And that's just a great book on so many levels that if it's a thing that, you know, she was open to, it's a great kind of entry point, I think. Um, and it's just a really wonderful book in terms of feminism and history and, um, you know, the, Jess, you talked a lot about, uh, I have, I listened back to that episode this week for reasons. And, um, <laughs> you talked a lot about the world building that, um, Olivia Waite does in that story. And it's really beautiful. And the way that the community is put together is really fantastic. And so, um, it's just a really wonderful historical romance that, again, I think not everybody has had an opportunity to read. And so that's the other one that I would recommend is, um, Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics by Olivia Waite. Always find a chance to recommend that one. That was, that's yeah. one of my go-tos now. I know, so good. It's so good. Um, what, the first place my brain went with, um, the Beatrice Williams and the Cozy Mysteries thing was Hither Page by Kat Sebastian, um, which is a book that Kat self-published in the middle of the summer, even though if you are familiar with Good King Wenceslas, Hither Page might be, uh, a little uh, poke at your brain because it's one of the lines. Oh my God. I never put that together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have just like solved a whole mystery for me that I didn't even know existed. I'm so happy to do so. Um, Mm -hmm. For those of you out there who might not know, I am a total Christmas music dork. So (laughs) if you have any questions about it, even though I'm not huge on Christmas as an event, um, after being in choir for like, a decade and a half, if not three whole ones. Christmas music is just kind of there percolating all the time. So once I saw the title Hither Page, I was like, that's a good King Winslow's joke. <laughs> but anyway, Hither Page. <laughs> and who doesn't love a good King Winslow's joke? <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> there I are mean, so many. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue. Continue. So I I thought of that because it's a, a post World War II romance with a side of cozy, um, and a side of crime. Not really crime. There's a murder to be solved. Um, and it's it's a great little sort of um, winter scenery book. There, it takes place before and after Christmas, and uh, um, there is a. I guess we can call him a spy. A, a gentleman in Her Majesty's service is uh, off to the north to investigate the death of someone else in said service and uh, so, sort of starts to flirt with the local doctor. And uh, then they end up sort of working to figure out what's happening together. And uh, it's all very adorable, and it's probably the closest thing I've gotten to a cozy mystery all year. But <laughs> it's ah, it's just so cute. Um, and also, you know, there's murder, and everyone in the little town that they're in are just total hoots. I love everyone. I want everyone to have their own story, Cat, if you're listening. Um, and <laughs> and it's just it's it's a great book that's a quick quick read for the winter time even though it came out in june and i read it immediately um but the other well not particularly book but author that i thought of immediately for megan's mom was beverly jenkins 
Um, because always and forever. And anyone who hasn't picked up one of her books, I mean, you're just a you're in for a treat, and b where have you been? Um, she has something for historical fiction readers and something for Nora Roberts readers, and an enormous backlist. And I guess I would have Megan tell her mom to start with Bring on the Blessings, because it's a contemporary book with sort of a fascinating character that builds out a story in the next 10 books. I think the 10th one is coming out soon. Um, That isn't always romance-centered, but always has an element of romance in it. Um, Or for the historicals that are not Regency... Um, the Destiny books, which I love and were actually my introduction to Beverly Jenkins. So what a lot of people recommend the Old West books first, but I always lean towards Destiny, starting with Destiny Surrender. Um, so yeah, Beverly Jenkins, all of it, I guess is my recommendation. Yeah. What are, are the Western ones? The one that, that start with Forbidden? Yes. Okay. I'm just, uh, not that I'm, I'm certainly not going to supersede your recommendation. I was just trying to. <laughs> Put put my my Jenkins pieces together. <laughs> There's so many pieces. Does. Oh yeah. Quick plug. Although we again we have a very busy episode. But quick plug: if you have not, um, if you're not subscribed to the Kissing Books newsletter, you should subscribe because Beverly Jenkins had a bit of a week. So <laughs> you're missing out on learning all of the Beverly Jenkins news. So. Uh, all right, we'll do one more and then we will um, do another ad spot. But this one, this one was. A bit of a challenge. <laughs> the core, there was, it was, I, I so appreciated that Morgan gave us a lot of detail, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to read all the detail. Okay. I'm just going to give you the sort of crux of the, of the matter. The core request was, do you have any fantasy slash sci-fi polyamory slash reverse harem wrecks for either standalone titles or series where the whole thing is poly? Bonus, if everyone's bi slash pan, or at least not homophobic about it, and not being alpha a-holes. <laughs> um, so Morgan, I think, had read something by Holly Trent. I'm not sure if that was a name that Holly Trent was writing under at that time. And for uh, for Morgan, I think in that book, the guys were a little bit alpha-e. Mm-hmm. Alpha holes is sometimes the term that we use in the yeah. romance community. Uh, and so Morgan was looking for something that was a little bit less of that. Mm-hmm. So this one was tough, I will admit. Uh, so if you have recommendations and you are listening to this, please do send them our way. As a side note, we did get some from our last episode that we will share. If any recommendations that we get over the course of these two episodes, we'll share in our next episode. Uh, so if you have them, send them our way. In the meantime, Jess, what do you got? Okay, so it's funny because I got halfway through the email and was like, Holly Trent, and then continued reading was like, not Holly Trent. Um, <laughs> because one thing that she is really good at is writing alpha holes, and if you're not in the mood for them, it's it's really hard. Um, so I went in the complete opposite direction and um, thought about a book that I read several months ago called Dithered Hearts by Chase Verity. I have to tell you, this book, does have a few content warnings, and I think they're actually um, printed in the book um, for um, abusive family members. It's it's a Cinderella retelling um, with polyamorous and genderqueer and all other kinds of wonderful queer people, but uh, Sin's step parents are 
terrible. And um, the prince's family unit is also not the best, but not as terrible as Sin's literal awful step-parents. Um, and there is a little bit of physical abuse on on page, not sexual, but like things that cause bruising and that kind of thing. So I just want to get that out of the way. Um, but d- this book, if you can read through the painful parts, is it was sort of like my book of the summer. It, re- it really excited me to read it because I love Cinderella retellings and Sin is just an amazing person. Uh, they are not really comfortable in how people assume they are based on their appearance. And they have a fairy godfather who offers to dress them up and take them to a lovely ball at um, the prince's family's castle. And while Sin dances with the prince, the prince has a crush on somebody else. So there's just all kinds of great things happening, and um, you should read it. (laughs) Classic recommendation. You should read it. I like it. There's too much to talk about. Straightforward to the point. There's so much that it's just like, just just read it. Yeah. (laughs) I think that is wonderful. Uh, (laughs) And I will, so I will confess, this is in a few different ways, not my wheelhouse. <laughs> However, um, so what I will do here is uh, recommend an author that I don't know a ton about. I actually think I've read some of their stuff, and but it's been a while. So I, I don't, I'm a little fuzzy. Um, but Kit Rosha is, it's actually two authors who write together. Uh, it's Brie and Donna. Brie Bridges and Donna, someone. It I feel bad that I don't remember, but they write under the name Kit Rosha. <laughs> um, and they uh, are, they, I think, generally write SFF. I'm not great at the distinction between SF and F, so I won't try to <laughs> pretend like I know it better. But they have a really helpful breakdown of books on their website. And so I started poking around and one of the including some of the helpful breakdown of tropes and themes that they have is three-person HEA four-person HEA, and this bed is getting crowded. Uh, So there are a few places that I think if you are interested in poking around, Morgan, you might find something that would be helpful. I actually downloaded a book um, called Beyond Jealousy by Kit Rosha. I didn't, because we have six more requests to get through, I didn't actually get into it before we recorded. Um, But I am excited about it. I've heard really, really wonderful things. And like I said, I feel like I've read some of their stuff and just um, don't have a great memory of exactly when I read it or, or what I thought of it. But, um, <laughs> my understanding of, I will also say this, my understanding of, um, both Brie and Donna from kind of their social media interactions is that they are generally very progressive and inclusive. Mm-hmm. And so I would be very surprised if their books are not reflective of that perspective. Um, which is why I started to kind of dig into their uh, larger body of work. So I will link to their trope page. And like I said, the three-person HEA, four-person HEA, and this bed is getting crowded might be the places where you want to take a look. Um, So yeah, that is maybe a good place to start. Yeah. And Donna's last name is Heron, at least according to Google. Uh (laughs) Thank you, Jess. And thank you, Google. I thought I'd check on that while you were talking. And, you know, Google might lie. But 
They would never. <laughs> Just kidding. They definitely would. All right. So, okay, let's do our other ad spot so that we are, you know, all through and you can just just jump right into our other recommendations. Mm-hmm. So, thank you to Libro FM for sponsoring this episode of When in Romance. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and some of the hottest fall or winter audiobook releases, like The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern, Children of Virtue and Vengeance by Tomi Edomami, and Over the Top by Queer Eyes Jonathan Van Ness. With Libro.fm, you will get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, you know the name, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. For the holidays, gift any three, six, or 12-month audiobook memberships, and as a thank you for supporting local bookstores, you'll receive Audiobook of the Year and number one New York Times bestseller, Circe by Madeline Miller. Listeners of One in Romance can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code BR3, Libro.fm. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you are supporting local bookstores. So again, that's Libro.fm, enter code BR3, and you can feel free to follow the link in our show notes. You know, I'm I'm listening to the Starless Sea on using the Libro FM app right now. Thank you, Libro FM, for providing that ALC. And I'll tell you one thing that I noticed about it that is just so different from every other thing that I use to listen to audiobooks is that when you stop it and come back, it starts 15 seconds before where you stopped it, which is just the most beautiful thing, <laughs> especially when you're yes. listening to a book that has 95 tracks. I will be listening to yeah. that book for the rest of my life, but it's just so good. <laughs> no, and related. So I was listening to, um, I've been listening to Libro FM books while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And if you have your GPS running at the same time, this is at least true for Google Maps, I, <laughs> you know, probably all of uh, GPS, it will start like it will be, you know, reading and then tell you in one quarter of a mile, take exit 226 toward Washington State Highway 227 or whatever. And then it will start like two seconds back. Mm -hmm. And it just makes all the difference. Yeah. And the other company that we are not mentioning does not do that. It is, (laughs) it makes a world of difference. So Libro.fm, enter code BR3. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. All right. Thank you for pointing that out to us. It's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. Speaking of big deals, what is our next question? Oh, man. So this is from Michelle. I am looking for a super slow build romance novel with two romantic leads of color. I mean, Jane Austen slow build. I'm hoping for no profanity and a very low heat level, but the time period and subgenre are up for grabs. For example, and this this was this drew me. If you've ever watched Star Trek Discovery, I thought the magic to make the sanest man go mad episode was super romantic. Um, Michelle also loves K dramas, Mary Stewart's romantic suspense, and Amanda Quick, but they never have leads of color, as far as she knows. And 
Mary Stewart and Amanda Quick, I'm pretty sure I agree with you, Michelle. I don't think I've encountered any leads of color, especially two in the same book. Um, so thank you, Michelle, for sending that question. And you know what you made me do? You made me really want to find a time loop romance because that episode is so romantic. If you don't watch Star Trek Discovery, you really should. Um, but I did not find one in the time it took to get to this episode. So if anybody knows one, please let me know, because time loops are the best. Fair. I don't, I don't, I don't have one. (laughs) But somebody else might. So if you tell us, we will talk about it on our next episode. Yes. But what did you find, Jess? Well, like she said, Jane Austen, characters of color, no or low profanity and low heat. And my brain went straight for Aisha at last, which is one of my favorite books from the past year. I think it came out this year, right? It's been a long year. I can't remember. Uh, uh, yes. I want to say like May or June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aisha at last is a retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in Toronto and featuring two characters of i want to say indian descent um they are both muslim and that is a strong element in the story and uh, it's just it's a really good story like the way that she took the modern she modernized the whole thing and um just set us down with two people who have the characteristics of jane austen's characters but still have their own things to deal with And uh, yes, the story can get melodramatic in some places because Pride and Prejudice is very melodramatic. I don't care what you say. (laughs) But Aisha at Last um, by Uzma Halaluddin um, is a near perfect story. So if you're looking for something that's ridiculously slow build, so many characters of color (laughs) and uh, um, pretty low heat then that is definitely where I'd set you up to start. Awesome. And I actually thought of an author before I thought of the fact that that author also has a Pride and Prejudice retelling. Um, (laughs) So Sonali Dev is the author that popped into my mind first. um, And I will explain why in a second. But her Austin retelling is Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors, which um, we've talked about on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. It is also slow build. I can tell you for sure that book is low heat. There's no explicit content in that one. It's relatively low profanity. I can't tell you for sure that there's no profanity. Um, but it's again relatively relatively low. And it again is an Austin retelling, but it's it's uh gender flipped, which I thought was a really interesting way of doing it, especially since it's um shared third person. So you get both perspectives, um, which I thought was a real added value to it. And it's set in present day California. So Pride Prejudice and Other Flavors is a great option. But just in general, for a slow build romance, Sonali Dev is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of her books up to now have had both leads or characters of color um, her earlier books do have more explicit content. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to remember. So her, so she she wrote. I can think of four that she wrote. She wrote a um, a Bollywood affair, a Bollywood wedding, um, and both of those have bride at least some. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, a Bollywood bride, and both of those have at least some explicit content. I don't think I've read a change of heart, although I do own it. 
Uh, and so I can't tell you what the level of explicit content in that is. But she also wrote A Distant Heart, which if you are talking about slow burn, both The Bollywood <laughs> Bride and A Distant Heart feature characters who were children together. And A Distant Heart is also has a really strong uh, romantic suspense element. Um, there's a lot going on related to the sort of, this is going to sound a little intense and it is a little intense, the like human organ trafficking world in India. And specifically, I believe it's Mumbai um, in A Distant Heart. And I, to be honest with you, can't remember exactly the content, like the level of heat. I feel like her books have gotten to have less explicit content in them as she has written more of them. Um, so I think there is less of that in A Distant Heart, but I can't tell you that for 100% sure. If I have a, a few minutes between now and, and when we do the show notes, I will take a look and see if if I can track that down. Uh, and if I do, I'll, I'll try to include a note uh, in the show notes. But um, But regardless, her books are never really kind of like over the top. They're, they're not erotic romance by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and they're very, very much slow build. And I, like I said, those two in particular, um, The Bollywood Bride and A Distant Heart are kids who are friends and in some ways in love. And then for whatever reason, for intense, very dramatic reasons, uh, are not together and came back around. So I don't know, as soon as I saw sort of like slow build characters of color i definitely thought of snelly duff she will i will tell you her books will rip you apart inside out but you will be very glad that they did um so anyway we i will link to to uh, a few of her books uh, in the show notes um but you would do well to read all of them because they are great okay so our next request is from shelby who is working very hard to recruit the people around her uh and specifically in her family into the larger romance community. And one of the people that she has been able to convert is her brother. Uh, which, side note, Shelby, good job recruiting new people and bringing them on board. Absolutely. Both, uh, I'm sure that they are expressing their appreciation, but so am I. What The more the merrier. So Shelby is looking for a new book for her brother. Uh, and she says, when I talked to him about the novels he's liked so far, he mentioned that what he'd really love to read is, in his words, a romance novel where the male uh, MC is the beloved. Um, Shelby specifies that if you've not read Simone de Beauvoir, am I getting that wrong? My French is Beauvoir. Thanks, Jess. My French mm -hmm. is terrible. Uh, Shelby's understanding is that he's asking for a book where the female main character takes on the more active role in pursuing the male character. Shelby would really love to find a romance novel to fit this niche as well. If that is not too tight of a needle to thread on its own, Shelby mentions that he mostly reads contemporary and romantic suspense. Um, he has particularly mentioned enjoying the Rocky Mountain Bounty Hunters series. So, this was... I thought this was... Harder than I thought it would be. It really was. I, I, I dug through so many books trying to find something specifically where the, the, um, the female main character is more active in taking in pursuit. And I, what I found was one of two things. It was usually that wasn't happening. Because maybe there's a thing in romance where the whole fantasy is that someone's pursuing you. I don't know. Or there is equal action <laughs> in, as far as 
being involved in making this work or or like being like, hey, look, I'm here. And this could just be what I've read, right? Like, there are so many books out there. I might be missing all of the ones where the woman's just like, hey, dude, hey, dude, hey, dude. Uh, but. <laughs> well, and I will say, I think I my other theory on this is that I think you and I tend to read romances that are male, female, that are pretty feminist. And so the case tends to be that if a woman sort of like puts herself out there and the guy's like, no, I'm not interested. She's like, cool, I could do better. Like, I'm not going to wait around. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's not going to keep trying and trying and trying only to get rejected and rejected and rejected. And so I think because I started to wonder, too, is it like a that women like to be pursued all the time? And I was like, mm. I don't think no. it's that. No. So, um, also, I, another quick note, I should have mentioned that the Rocky Mountain Bounty Hunter series that, um, I made reference to and that was referenced in this email is by Katie Ruggle. So, mm. just in case anyone was trying to put all that together. So, sorry, Jess, I will let you continue to, uh, to try to make a recommendation on this very difficult question. <laughs> so, like, the first place I went was, um, Rebecca Weatherspoon's contemporary universe. I I don't know if it has a name, but there are a couple books that I thought of there. The first one that came to mind was actually Sanctuary, which is her second, like, uh, northern New York, small towns, romantic suspense, erotic romance kind of thing. Um, And I do recall that the female main character is, is a little more active in ensuring that the relationship that builds happens in part because silas is so clueless um and and that led me to uh silas's cousin mason who is the love interest in rebecca's most recent book saini um a marriage of inconvenience um and i was thinking about this book a lot because it was like it seems like she's just so active in once in making the decision that sure this is a marriage of a of convenience but let's just get the thing done um but it could be one of those where they're they're actually like taking equal parts in pursuing each other but it was just such an active role that she took that it felt like she was taking the lead sort of like that that whole thing about when women speak 25 percent of the conversation in a in a conference room it seems like she's taking over the conversation i don't know that's mm-hmm. another that's another yeah. story for another day um but mm-hmm. that was that was the first place i went you know i was also thinking though of um my favorite penny reed couple and that's uh jenny and cletus and i did a, i did a little bit of revisiting of that book because it's been a while since i read that one and that's beard science um in penny reed's Winston Brothers series. And it seems like she seems to be a little more active because of the same reason of Sanctuary that Cletus is just so clueless in that universe, even though he's such a brilliant person with everything else. Um, so maybe it's a whole like really brilliant woman, really clueless dude kind of thing. And I'm not sure if that's what your brother might be looking for, Shelby, <laughs> but. <laughs> Those those were the ones that I thought about just because it seems like there is such action in their minds of of actually moving forward a relationship or ensuring that it works or helping a clueless guy just understand, hey, I like you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think there's an element of cluelessness. And I um I can speak to Beard Science. I can't speak to Zenny yet. I bought it like the day it came out and there are just so many books I haven't read yet. Uh, <laughs> but for Beard Science, I think some of it is 
a worthiness factor too. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes into play in a lot of these books where um, I was thinking a little bit of, is it The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare? That is the book that they kind of have to make the deal where he needs a wife and she shows up in a wedding dress because yep. she needs to get paid for the wedding dress, mm-hmm. uh, which is historical. And, and Shelby specifically mentioned that uh, he doesn't really read historical. So I, I'm not necessarily recommending that in that situation, but um, <laughs> even though he's kind of falling for her, he doesn't think it's going to work out. And anyway, um, so I think that's a really interesting element too. I, you, because this one was a little tricky – um, I tossed it out and, and asked some of the other Book Riot contributors if anybody had a good suggestion. And one that came up, um, thank you to Dana Staves, uh, is Fix Her Up by um, the lovely Tessa Bailey, which is a book that got rave reviews. And I heard wonderful things about this year, but is, again, one that I own and have not yet <laughs> read. Um, it's supposed to be great and really funny, and it is contemporary. Um, Georgie, I think one of the, the – who's the female main character in the show, I'm pretty sure is like a – clown like i think that might be her job yeah, uh, yeah and she's having like renovations done on her house and anyway so that is one to at least check into might be a good option the other direction that i would send you and that one's not romantic suspense so in fairness worth noting um <laughs> the other direction that i would send you is uh some of victoria doll's books mm. her we mentioned her a few episodes ago because she's now writing as Victoria Helen Stone. Um, but when she was writing as Victoria Stahl, her, she was writing sort of like comedic romantic suspense. And she has <laughs> books like Flirting with Disaster, um, which features, uh, Isabel West, who is an artist who is sort of like she's hiding from the law for reasons capital R reasons and mm-hmm. it just so happens that this incredibly hot like US marshal ends up in her life uh and he, they are both very attracted to each other but she kind of has to avoid the law and he kind of needs to figure out what's going on with her and so <laughs> it's it's not exactly the it doesn't exactly fit what you are looking for in that in that she is not trying to pursue him in the way that I think is is exactly what you're trying to find. But I will say, Victoria Dahl writes sort of like really great subversive heroines who go after what they want. And so I think once that switch flips, and once they kind of figure out that they know that this is what they're after, they will Mm -hmm. go for it. Um, So it's it's at least maybe worth poking around. Um, and my personal favorite is flirting with disaster, but, but Victoria Dahl has written a few of those and a few of them are romantic suspense. So, um, it might be at least something to poke around in. So I will link to that and you can, you know, see if anything there looks like it's the right fit. Yeah, definitely. I was looking through Victoria Dahl books and was, and they were all so they, yeah, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It is like, it's, it's a tough thing because. They are such like strong, intense heroines that they're not going to just sort of like wait around, right? Like they're not just going to continue to put themselves on the line for guys who are not interested. But I do think, like I said, once that that switch flips, it's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different thing. So anyway. All right. We are five down, four to go. All right. What's next, Jess? This one is from Casey. Um, who is looking for something that in fan fiction is called hurt comfort. Um, and I don't, I don't know 
if there's a different name for it outside of that world. Um, and they're looking for preferably queer books. And uh, they want it to be with problems in the past. So past trauma or injury, um, emotional hurt, comfort, or physical. But something like um, some examples they give are goalie interference, which also features um, a main character with mild touch aversion, which I sort of forgot about that. I just read that book. Play It Again by Aidan Wayne, which is another book that I really love. Apparently, I really like her comfort, so I need to read some of the one other ones that Casey mentions, like All for the Game by Nora Sakovic. And they really just like the constant consent of a lot of those books. Um, or if, if one of them said no, the other person respected that and didn't push further. But what's, what it's really about is someone like has a past trauma and the person that they get involved with is sort of instrumental in helping them get over it. Not the way that the therapist does, but as someone who cares about them <laughs> does, um, I have to make sure that, that that's something that we know we, we do not recommend anyone dealing with past trauma using your, um, romantic partner to help you through things that a therapist should. Agreed. Uh, but hurt comfort is definitely a really great trope that I I really enjoy. And as someone who reads a lot of it in fan fiction, I was surprised by how hard it was for me to find something that really allayed that besides the ones that Casey already mentioned in, in romance. So this was, this was a fun one for me because I really had to work hard to find something. Fair. And I don't, I think you've read more of the ones that um, Casey referenced than I did. So you probably are, I don't, I don't know that mine are exactly the right fit, but hopefully they are close. So I will give you two and I'll give them to you quick because I just realized how long we've been recording already. <laughs> um, so I will start with In the Middle of Somewhere by Roan Parrish, um, which is kind of a, uh, so it's a story um, about Daniel who takes a job in the Northern Midwest, I think Michigan, um, kind of in a rural-ish woody area. Uh, and his kind of past Trauma isn't necessarily a specific event. It's just the fact that he has, as a gay man, never really felt like he fit in. He's from a kind of unfortunately stereotypical blue collar family in that his, his family has never really accepted his sexuality or he has at least never felt that they have. And, um, so he's been trying to escape that forever. And Rex, who is the, um, who does some custodial work, I believe at the school, and who is also a woodworker, um, who Daniel quite frankly stumbles upon when he goes for the interview, is just such a lovely, kind, gentle human being who, um, throughout basically the entire book is just really wonderful and kind and lovely to Daniel the whole time. Uh, made it this this question immediately made me think of of that book uh mm -hmm. in the middle of somewhere by Roan Parrish. The other book that I'll give you is a little bit of a different fit, but I think it could be an interesting fit and that's Reverb by Anna Zabo. It's the third book in the Twisted Wishes trilogy that just came out this year. Um and the reason I thought of it and again it's not quite exactly a, a good fit, but it's adjacent enough that I I think it's worth considering. Um and that's the story of Mish who is the last of the uh, the Twisted Wishes uh, group who has not yet partnered up. Um, and she is receiving various threats. She has a stalker of some kind. And so the band has to get 
a um, security person for her. And they end up bringing on David, who is a trans man. Um, and so in this particular case, the kind of trauma or like drama and vulnerability is happening sort of as the book is happening. And Mish is really uncomfortable with the fact that she has to rely on someone in this way. Um, and David actually also has a background as a trans man of, I mean, David is a total like badass. Like mm -hmm. he is former military. Like he has this huge, incredible background. Um, but he's also kind of navigating the fact that he's falling with for this person who is his charge. And anyway, I told you this would be fast. So I, I'm, I'm violating that uh, principle, but <laughs> I do think that, uh, reverb is another one that's at least worth taking a look at to see if it might be something that you are also interested in, Casey. So those are my two. And just to, to tack on to, um, Trisha's in the middle of somewhere recommendation. Ron Parrish is apparently really good at this because there are a couple other books, um, that she has, has written this kind of relationship in. The one that like tore me to pieces was Rend, which is actually the second book in the Riven series, but you could totally read it on its own. Um, and it features sort of a flashback, but not quite flashback story of um, a couple who's already married, they're married in the already in the first book, but you get to see how they how they got there. But also the core of the story is during their marriage, um, one of them is dealing with some past trauma. And it's it's just it's so good. It's so good. And that's Rend. Um, but the one that oh, gosh, it's it's the angstiest thing I've ever read. Um, and it's kind of hurt comfort for both of them. Although, um, you think it's, it's more for one until you realize that they both have a lot to deal with is Shadows You Left by Jude Sierra and Taylor Vaughn. And there you've got a cage fighter bartender. Um, he bartends to have a real job and then does cage fighting to make actual money. And uh, he gets a new tattoo of a different kind of dragon every time he wins a fight. And when he goes to um, a new tattoo artist and they just have an instant connection. And uh, it's it's a beautiful, angsty, hurdy-comforty, very fanfiction-style book. Um, and the world that they live in and the people that they live with are just, it's, it's all good stuff. Um, if you're cool with reading the amount of just heart wrenching angst, <laughs> um, I have never used angst so many times in a description of one book in my life. <laughs> I think it's telling, frankly. <laughs> it's just, it's so good though. It's Shadows You Left by Jude Sierra and Taylor Vaughn. Excellent. All right. Our next one, I'm going to uh, abbreviate this one mostly for the sake of time, although the email that we got from Rachel was really thoughtful, and I, mm -hmm. I do appreciate that. Um, Rachel was noticing that uh, her TBR list is mostly women and non-binary authors, um, and she really likes to read – or sorry, they really like to read diversely across racial, world-class, sexual, and gender identities, um, and – as much as they've noticed that their list is women and non-binary people, um, which they're very excited about and 
also high five. Good job. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that Rachel is thinking about is even though we don't necessarily need to give more bookish space to male authors, um, is there a contemporary male romance author that you love or like? Because I think, and I think it's actually a really fair question in mm-hmm. a quest for diversity. Is there something that male authors add to romance? Um, and I appreciate that Rachel asked that question because I think when you don't know exactly how a question is going to be perceived, it can be a little scary to ask it. Um, and so I am grateful that they were willing to, that Rachel was willing to do that. Um, so I will give one quick shout out to a book called In Case You Forgot by Frederick Smith and Chaz Lamar. Um, that's about two men, I believe, who are both starting out sort of a new, new lives for themselves, both kind of ending relationships and maybe starting new ones. I could be wrong about that because I just saw the recommendation the other day come from the really, really wonderful Rebecca Weatherspoon on Twitter, um, who I trust implicitly. And so I found myself the money and just one clicked that. Um, but again, I have not, uh, I have not actually read it yet, but I will link to it in case you are also thinking to yourself, that sounds like an amazing thing. Um, the other person that I will recommend to you for that is, uh, Nico Rosso, who we talked about last week very briefly. Um, I mentioned, uh, Milf on a Shelf. Um, the other book by Nico that I will mention is one called Unsolicited Duke Pick. Oh, God. So good. <laughs> yeah. Which he, Nico has sort of an extraordinary ability to pick names of books. That either you are like, oh, 100% one click, or you're like, oh, no, definitely not ever. You should try <laughs> to be the first because um, these books are mostly novellas. He has also written a romantic suspense series that's that's also quite good. But this book is uh, about a duke who goes to a sort of blacklisted painter and asks for a portrait of a body part that you can imagine <laughs> based on the title of the book. And you think to yourself, wow, that guy's the worst. Why on earth would he do it? It turns out he actually has a really good reason and he feels really weird about it because he's trying to be helpful, but he also knows that he's putting this painter, Sophia, in a really difficult situation. But it's the only way that he can think of to be helpful to her given that she has faced some really awful kind of sexual harassment from some of the i believe it's called the peerage i don't Mm. know um and in the end he is like i said trying to be a good guy and do the right thing and i think he actually does a really good job of it in a really nuanced way um so you know actually shelby if you're still listening this might be a book where again it's one that uh the female person in the story kind of has to do the pursuit because the Duke is very much respectful of his position of power over this painter, Sophia. Um, in a, because, uh, we would probably do this if the genders were flipped. I will mention Nico Rosso is married to Eva Lee slash Zoe Archer. So it is not a huge surprise that he understands the importance of writing women with respect and autonomy. So. Um, mm-hmm. unsolicited Duke pick is, like I said, it's a novella. It won't take you very long to read. And it's currently only a dollar 49 on the Kindle store. So worth checking out. Yeah, totally. My, my recommendations are actually two authors that I mentioned last, last time as well. I've been that person that's trying to make more of an effort to read more romance featuring multiple male characters by 
romance authors who are male, um, just because of this whole conversation about the fetishization of male-male romance and all of that. So I started out with a few people, but one of the people that I keep coming back to is Jay Northcote, who is um, a trans man. And he just writes really sweet, uh, darling characters that I want to hug and feed and <laughs> and hang out with because they're they're just great. Um, and the other one who I I swear, y'all, if I say his name one more time, you're actually going to come after me. Um, is T.J. Clune, who writes contemporary kind of comedy. Uh, stuff and then much more heartfelt um paranormal and sci-fi fantasy type of books and um i mean the contemporary ones are pretty heartfelt too but they also make you laugh hysterically all the time so <laughs> there's a, a combination there but he just writes some of my favorite characters of all sexualities and preferences and he just he's just a great writer and um he's a good place to start if you're looking for romance about men by a man excellent all right we're getting to the home stretch jess we're almost there yeah for better or worse you want to read our, our penultimate penultimate question our penultimate question. This one is is great because it's a it's it's very straightforward and to the point. Uh, I know you all have mentioned maybe having a show about paranormal romance, um, and I would love that. So hold tight because we'll see. Um, but uh, this person is almost caught up on Nalini Singh's Guild Hunter series. And is going to definitely have a major book hangover. So they love some recommendations for other authors and series. So uh, I forgot to put the name of, of this person. So it's Renee. Um, I apologize, Renee. We In our show notes, I didn't actually list your name, which is why Jess didn't mention it. And we have been intentionally not mentioning anyone's last name. So hopefully uh, that is enough anonymity for anyone um, involved. <laughs> our default tends to be, this is a, a helpful disclaimer for I guess next time and next year, we will use someone's <laughs> first name unless someone explicitly says, just don't use anything. Um, or unless someone has a very, very specific first name, and then maybe we'll be a little careful. Um, but anyway, so this was Renee. So first of all, Renee, great news. SFF Yeah actually did a romance episode. Um, it was really fun. Jen actually got to introduce Sharifa to uh, SFF romance because she was not a huge romance um, reader. So I will link to that in the show notes and you can read about it um, and listen to it and enjoy it. Uh, so that's actually really fun. Uh, I will do a very quick mention of The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller, which I've talked about. It's only one book. Um, there is a paranormal element. I found it delightful. Uh, I think probably, assuming we do a 2019 roundup sometime in the next well, episode, because <laughs> we only have one left for this year. Oh I will probably gosh. talk more about it then, because one of my absolute favorite books of the year. Um, but I just love that book. Uh, but the other that I will mention is actually one that I think Jen talked about in that SFF Yeah podcast, which is um, – and I will say that both of these books, it is not a surprise that even though 
SFF and paranormal tend to be a little bit outside of my usual reading realm. Both authors, Diana Biller, um, who wrote The Widow of Rose House, and Shelley Lawrenston, who's the other author that I will discuss now, are really, really talented comedic writers. <laughs> and I love romantic comedy. And so I actually think Shelley Lawrenston might be the most underrated, the most underrated. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, if there's, is that the right way to describe her? And I actually think it is the most mm-hmm. underrated um, romance, romantic comedy writer writing romance right now. Uh, so the, the first book in her Call of Crows series, The Unleashing, um, is about Kira, who I'm not going to, it's not really a spoiler to say, dies in like the first 10 pages of the book. Maybe mm-hmm. the first two pages of the book. <laughs> um, but because uh, the guy who has a little bit of a crush on her happens to be standing around watching, he calls on like an ancient goddess to come make her a crow, which is this sort of like post- dead like kind of not quite goddessy but sort of like paranormal fighter group of ladies uh who are you know crows and they sort of serve to you know do the bidding of the goddesses and gods um he is part of a different order of also supernatural beings um the whole series is great the one caveat i will give you is that there is one scene in the entire series that makes me a little bit uncertain in in the third book of the series um there's one scene where i am i had to read it a second time because i was like i'm not sure that the male person in that scene consented to the sex in that scene um mm. it made me really frustrated because i was like come on everything else in this whole series is fantastic that makes me feel a little bit weird um but by and large, Shelley Lawrence still a really wonderful author. Like I said, I would be, you know, at least know that going into book three, The Unyielding. But if you start with The Unleashing, um, it will at least give you a sense for the book itself. And really, Shelley Lawrence has written a ton of books. She's written like the Badger series, Hot and Badgered might be familiar <laughs> to you. Um, just really wonderful, really, really talented. Uh, so she is a great person to jump into uh, her book series because she's written a lot of books. And it's funny that you mention um, comedy, because I was thinking about, you know, series that I could start somebody with and just let them go for days. Um, And the first author I thought of was Gail Carriger. And, you know, her her, um, Victorian paranormal steampunk series, it's, it's one couple. So... I don't always recommend that to romance readers because it doesn't satisfy the happy ending, end of one book thing. Uh, You meet the couple, you know they're destined for each other, but it takes them a little bit longer to get together. Um, But those books are just great and hilarious. But um, she has sort of created what what readers call the Parasolverse, um, which started with Soulless and then stretched out into other series, one of which is the San Andreas Shifters. Um, which is a contemporary paranormal series that is kind of parasol adjacent. It feels like it's the same universe, but there are some differences. Um, and uh, right now she has two books out in that series, and they're both just delightful contemporary paranormal romances featuring 
people that I want to be friends with, even though they are werewolves and ride motorcycles. Um, if, if werewolves riding motorcycles are your thing, you want to check out this series, by the way. You can be friends with motorcycle riding werewolves, Jess. I don't know. I, I, you can be I, friends. I don't like motorcycles. I want to control them. Um, another thing I was thinking of is um, dragons, because dragons are both something that we don't talk enough about in uh, paranormal romance and also apparently having their day. Um, if you recall, or if you've been paying attention to my talking long enough, um, Isabel Cooper kind of surprised me. I picked up her um, her um, medieval Highland Dragon book, um, Highland Dragon Warrior, I think is the first one. Um, and was just like completely blown away and had to go find all of her books. Um, and she's got a couple, it's once again, the same universe, but in a few different time periods with different groups that are related, but not, they don't know each other very well. And then like one, I just, um, started reading last week, I think, and then got distracted, um, is AC Arthur's newest book awaken the dragon which if you're okay with waiting is the first book in a new series and i don't know how often she publishes um but that one is also contemporary it's really fascinating you've got um both of the characters are um black one is i think actually um from a civilization that is kind of wakanda like in its uh, in Africa, but not in an Africa that you know kind of place. Um, so he's a dragon and he's a, a bodyguard who's taking on some work, um, to protect, um, a woman from that Wakanda like civilization who has some special powers of her own, um, that no one really understands because people aren't supposed to have those kinds of powers, but there are like demons and, and more motorcycles and it's just it's a really fascinating world building so far and i'm looking forward to see where ac arthur goes with that excellent okay this is it the last one this is it oh my gosh oh it's so exciting <laughs> um all right Lindsay over twitter asked us if there are any historical romances set during world war ii Lindsay has always found historical sort of women's fiction and enjoyed them but is looking for more focus on the romance as opposed to the war and mentioned specifically that she's interested in something maybe that is FF. Lizzie specifically read a middle grade World War II novel where two spinsters lived together until one of them died. They had been shunned by family. And per Lindsay, it led me to wonder if there were actually, if they were actually a couple. Are there historical FF romances like this? Bad news, Lindsay. The answer is we don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we did check into it. Um, I don't know. We, we both looked. We asked the, uh, larger, you know, Book Riot contributor core. We did not come up with a lot, Jess. We didn't. Um, I read this book. Uh, well, I, I didn't finish it because I got distracted. Um, it happens and it's not always the book's fault. It's my brain's fault. Um, but a while ago called the liberators of willow run. And it's actually, um, it, a, f a few storylines running together. So I didn't immediately think of it. Um, but it does have a, a romance at its core and it's a, 
featuring a bunch of people who work in a bomber factory during the war. And um, that was the first thing that I thought about. Um, and that's the Liberators of Willow Run. And I was I was thinking there had to be more. Um, so I sort of wandered over to Bold Strokes Books, which is a um, queer publisher that primarily focuses in lesbian fiction. And they don't do a whole lot of historical fiction of any kind. Um, but they, I did find a pair of books by J.C. Morrison that, um, features, uh, wax, women's army corps, uh, folks. Um, they drive ambulances and are in, are nurses and all of that stuff. And the first book is Basic Training of the Heart. And the second is Heart's Orders. And, um, they are both very lengthy books. So I haven't gotten to them since, uh, coming upon them. But, um, they, they both sound really interesting. And actually, Basic Training of the Heart features a um, Native American character. And that was something that came as a bit of a surprise. And I'm I'm not sure how the representation is since I haven't read it. So um, I will say, hope for the best. Um, and but I that I was really interested in how, how the both of those stories because they you sort of pick up the characters that are in the first book in the second book on top of the romance that's in the center of the second. Um, and it sounds like a really interesting duology, but I, I haven't read it. So I can't tell you that it's going to be amazing, but I would recommend trying it out because Bold Strokes puts out some really good books. And I took a peek at that one. You linked to it this morning, Jess, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think actually both books in that duology um, feature Native American characters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, fingers crossed that that is some good, strong representation. We'll see. If anybody knows, <laughs> let us know. And we will mention that again in the next episode. And the one that I will give you, uh, Lindsay, is I have a few different um, caveats on this one. Uh, so it's Morning Glory by Laverell Spencer, which is a, a almost what you would call sort of like a quote-unquote classic of the romance genre. Laverell Spencer is a writer from decades ago. And this book in particular was written, I, I can't, I don't have the exact, the most recent, you know, version of it was published in like 2011. But the original was published, I think, probably about 30 years ago. Mm. And that is important. Um, this whole book doesn't take place during World War II, but part of it does. Um, the, there are some really, really lovely, interesting things about this book. It's, uh, features Will, who has recently been released from prison, uh, for a crime that, if I'm remembering correctly, he did commit, but was sort of justifiable. And he's in a really bad place. And he comes across, um, this woman who really needs a parent for her two children. She's pregnant with her third. She's a widow. Um, they're just two people who are really in a rough spot and kind of need each other. And through the fact that they need each other, they also end up kind of falling in love with each other in this really lovely sort of organic way. Um, and at one point, it's not really a huge spoiler to say he has to go off to the war and fight in the war because that is the time of this book. And some of the letters that he writes to Ellie, who's the woman, uh, during the war are 
actually really lovely. He doesn't have a particularly high level of literacy. And so, um, but you like the emotion really comes through and the real Spencer is great at that. Like the emotion and just the like sort of raw feeling of both of these characters absolutely comes through. Now, the big shiny caveat that I will give you is that this book was written 30 years ago. So there are some things about it that feel like they were written 30 years ago. Some of the parts of cultural representation are not as sensitive as we would hope that they would be written today. Some of the gender pieces are not as sensitive as we would hope that they would be written today. So many people that I respect very much from a variety of different backgrounds have recommended Laurel Spencer and that has not kept them from enjoying her books, which is why I feel at least okay mentioning that this one might be worth checking out. Also, you know, I enjoyed, I think, like I said, there's a lot that's really good here, but I do, I do not want to recommend it without mentioning that it was written 30 years ago. So <laughs> know that when you go in. Um, there's a good chance that this one too is available like at your library or um, someplace, you know, like that. So um, you might be able to kind of take a peek and figure out if it's for you or not before you uh, invest the, I don't know, $8 or whatever the, uh, the Kindle store has it for, for $6.49. So you can, you can make that decision for yourself. But, um, but there is some really great emotion and, and character in Laurel Spencer's writing. So that's Morning Glory. See if it's a good fit or not. Uh, and for anyone else who's listening, if you have some other recommendations related to this question, this was another one that was a little bit tougher, I think, than I expected. Um, so it would be great to have some more books to recommend. Absolutely. Yeah, there seems to be a uh, a weird dearth of World War II romances at all. I think maybe because women, the primary group of people who write romance, are so tired of Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan and, and all of those other war movies that we just didn't want them in our lives. Um, but that's yeah. a... That's a huge assumption, and there might be another another thing to it. So, well, and I will confess, I poked around a little bit and found like a few Nazi romances that I was like, nope, this is not. We're not doing no. this. No. And that was part no, of the reason not. that I didn't want to. I didn't want to stray too far from anything that I had firsthand knowledge of. So, absolutely. So, anyway, okay, that is. We've been high fives to anyone who has stuck with us for this long, right? <laughs> yeah. Thank you all. Uh, this Thanksgiving, I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you, Jess. I'm grateful for all of our wonderful listeners. I'm hugely thankful for our fantastic sound editor, Jen, who is uh, has to stick with us for this long. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this was so long, Jen. Hopefully, you found some books that you're excited about. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Yeah. If you have any recommendations for any of the books or categories that we talked about, please do send them to the When in Romance at BookRiot.com email address. What else, Jess? How will people get in touch with you if they want to tell you things? Uh, you can find me on the socials. I am Jess is reading all one word on Twitter or Jess underscore is underscore reading on Instagram. Perfect. And I am at Trisha Haley Brown on both. Uh, if you are listening to this as you are Cyber Monday shopping, as someone mentioned that they would be while they were listening, <laughs> then Godspeed and good sales to you. And uh, yeah, happy holidays until we talk to you next, which will be sometime in December. Yes, yes, it will. And in the meantime, I guess happy, happy reading. reading. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.